Hey, what's good, Bruin Black family? Yo, yo, this is Scholar P. And it's T. Shaw. And welcome to Bruin Black, where we discuss the latest in black popular culture on a national level, on a local level here in the City of Angels, and right here at UC of LA. Yeah. T. Shaw, how you doing today, man? Bro, I'm feeling good. I want to do a quick shout out to my girl, Saturn. It's her birthday. It's leaving hey, the season. Hey, Saturn! Um, we had a good week. I had a great week with just... Um, my friends, I ain't seen them in a minute. It's been a while, uh, just with work and stuff. So it's been good, bro. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, this week has been a crazy week, uh, just personally and out in the world, but like we're here, um, we're surviving. Oh, and shout out to, uh, my homie Jade. It's, it was her birthday yesterday and we're celebrating it today. So hey. yeah, shout, like a lot of great people were, were born. And Libras. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Will Smith and T.I.'s birthday this week. Yeah. Like it was, it, you know, I don't know what was going on nine months ago. Like everybody was getting it in. You know? hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like let me count the dates. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, t- you know, uh, for those of you who who don't don't know, um, you know, Bruin Black, you know, we 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 got a lot of stuff to to bring y'all. Um, follow us at Bruin Black Podcast at Bruin Black Podcast for our uh, Spotify listeners. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're on there dropping content all the time, so check us out. Yeah, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor. You can find us anywhere, as we're also on uh, Twitter. But before we get started, we always got to do our land acknowledgments. It's a staple of this show. Yes. Um, so we are sitting on the land of the Gabrielino and the Tongva. This is stolen land. This is colonized land. And we always going to pay those respects. For sure. For sure. Um, and we're going to start off our, our stuff with something called a light roast. roast. And um, what that is, is basically we critique something or someone uh, in society, um, and but we do it with love too. Absolutely. You know, we give constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're um, gonna be on your head, but we're gonna leave you like right. right. We're gonna leave you right. Exactly. We can't just attack you for no reason. Exactly, exactly. And so um, we're we're gonna start off with with uh, inspirational quote that's usually um, d- um, sort of related to the light roast. And you know, this time, you know, with all the things that have been going on with black women, and we're gonna get into that later mm-hmm. later on, but. Um, Instead of doing an actual quote, I wanted to do a definition that I found of, of black women. Um, and it's beautiful, powerful, resilient, um, a woman of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Ooh. Not a female dog or garden tool, um, which is how they've been been treated um, you know, since the beginning of time, but mm-hmm. this week it's it's really, really hit home pretty hard. Yeah, um, so once a number ag- different ways. Exactly, exactly. And so once again, um, for those of you all who don't know who black women are, they are beautiful, powerful, resilient um, women of African descent um, who have been kissed by the sun. Mm. Um, they are not a female dog or a garden tool. Yes. So, so Tisha, what does that mean to you, that, that definition? Yeah. That black women, there is just so much, I, I wanted to say strength, but I had to hold off on that because I think that we get into this habit of uh, calling black women strong right, right, right. Um, and kind of like undercutting like the emotional labor that they put into so many things. Like they don't want to be strong. I think right, that, right, that's right. what we have to point out. But like they have their, they, they always have power. Um, so I think that that's important. Just knowing that like black women are honestly the center of the black family. I think that we understand like, um, sociologically, and when it's talked about, black men are often centered as the the root of the family, the head of the family, and that's what hoteps will tell you. Right, right. But like, I don't know if with my family, and I think with your family too, it's just like it it has revolved around uh, 
our mothers. Right. Um, they, they're usually the glues that hold the uh, family together. They do a lot of the emotional labor, um, the physical labor to kind of keep things together because exactly. um, most people don't care that much. Um, and I think that like, yeah, it's not uh, being the breadwinner isn't always the uh, the end all be all. I think we have to get away from this Western um, understanding of like life where it revolves around money. Mm. And it's like women are often bringing the love and the emotion that actually like gives you a better life. Right. So that's kind of what I think. Of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think to to your point, um, the, the money comes through the hard work and the ambition, but you don't have that unless you have someone around you who's giving you that love to make you feel like you can go out Absolutely. and accomplish your dreams, right? Absolutely. Um, my, <coughs> um, my, my mom was a, uh, you know, a, a pillar and a, and a centerpiece, and I think that all the stuff that I've been able to do has been because I always knew that she had my back and supported me mm -hmm. and would ride for me, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, we're going to get into into this later, but I saw this great tweet that said, you know, you'll – You'll you know allow a black woman to be killed in in March. You won't give her justice in September, and oh. then we'll expect her to save you in November when it's time oh. to vote. So we're we're gonna get into that a little bit later. But um, I, I just you know it's very very important. You know not only this week, but like this week in particular has been just so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like the audacity of everyone Man. this week. You know what I'm saying? Um, Before we get into that though, I do want to just make a quick PSA. Um, it said not a female dog or a garden tool, yeah. but I just want to address the word female too. I think that that's right. important. I think that men have gotten into this habit of just calling women females. Males, yeah. Um, and I feel like we know that's just a replacement for bitch. Right. We right, know right. it's just a replacement. And it's just like, why can't you say women? Cause women has, it, it brings a humanizing characteristic to women. Um, like female is like a female could be a dog, a female could be a cat, a female could be anything that's not human. Right. Um, so I think it's important that we have to point out that like we have to get away from the word female. I think that not a lot of people see a problem with it, but we know, we know what that word is, or it's a dog whistle. It's just like people don't call you nigger, but they call you a thug. Like it, you, we hear it, we hear it and we own to you. So I think that that's just like my quick PSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and to that point, that's why I like, because in the definition it says a female of African descent. And that's why I sort of wanted to like shy away from that yeah, too, right? Because yeah. like when I think to your point, when um, I know when I hear dudes say females, they always say like, yo, them, them females, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like them females. And it's like there's such an emphasis on female. It's like you know what you want to say. Like yeah, we, bro, we read like, you. It is, it's literally a dog whistle because you're yeah, trying to call him a bitch. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bro. Like, oh, it, it, it's rough. So, yeah, like. Y'all, please, please don't call call someone females. And you know, uh, if you if you follow us on Instagram, d direct message us. We love to talk to you more Absolutely. about why that's problematic and why people um, take offense to it. You know. Yeah. Um, but speaking of things that you know we take offense to, we gotta get into it, man. Um, <sighs> yo, T, T, you know what what's what's been going on with your guy, Tori? Man, <laughs> somebody gotta get this little goblin. Like, yo, he has yo. lost it, bro. We say, I think this has been, like, the third or fourth time we talked about this man, but it's just, like, he continues to come up, and he continues to do some bullshit. Yeah. Like, bro, okay, so we already know it's been a heavy week with this uh, ruling for Breonna Taylor, right? Right. And you decided to drop an album profiting off of the the trauma of black women. So not only is it ill-timed, but you, you are doubling profiting off of black women's trauma. And right. I think that that is crazy, dog. Like, I also read this report um, from Vice. So he spent all of this time talking about, uh, and he used, he used the album to, like, explain his side of the story. 
I don't know why people really need to hear his side because we know that Meg was shot in the foot. Who else gonna shoot him? Who else gonna shoot her in the foot? He spends the time on the album talking about, oh, it wasn't me, this, that, and the third. He even says something like, he, first he said that his her team made it up. Then he goes on to say like, oh, your back was to me, so how you know it was me that shot you? Um, but there was a report that came out by Vice the other day that one saw her uh, medical records and proved that she was shot in the foot. I don't know why we needed that proof, but I'm glad they did it. And then also they said that it was reported that he said, um, dance, bitch, while he shot at her. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Like, come about that. on, bro. Like, are you, he really sick in the head? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really, really tough. And um, here, here's the thing, right? So. His team uh, made, put out a statement that said, you know, he was, he, the profits that, you saw, or part of the profits from his album was going to go towards the Breonna Taylor Foundation, but it shows how tone deaf you are that you, you felt like putting out an album about your violence against a, a black woman, especially this, this week, um, would, would be something that would be well received when you really could have reached out to Meg privately mm-hmm. or, made, or made a statement that was d- genuine in, in terms of your apology, something that you would not make a profit off of. This is the time to apologize. This is the time to get on your knees. This is the time to, you know, um, you know say, not only say that you're sorry, but put in, put in work to make sure other men don't do the stupid things that you did. Absolutely. Um, and he showed no type of remorse. No remorse. Yeah, remorse in terms of, like, how am I proactive to, in terms of making sure this shit doesn't happen again? Because, like, let's say, let's say in some weird world that he didn't do, didn't shoot Meg, right? Well, this would have been the week that week to be like, well, someone shot Meg. I ride for fucking Meg, and I'm and I'm gonna make sure that I put money into organizations mm-hmm. and causes that make sure that black women aren't being harmed by these silly ass men. And he mm-hmm. didn't do that. And obviously, we know he did. Yeah. So he should be even more accountable for for those actions and putting out an album. Um, it, it's just not the right thing to do at all. Yeah. Like, what's the truth, Tori? Like, okay. Meg was shot in the foot. Like th- these are the things that we knew. Right. She was shot in the foot. You were arrested for uh, having a gun right. that night. There were only five people in the car. Meg, her friend, Kylie. Uh, I don't know. Kylie was in the car. I think Kylie was. Uh, his bodyguard and him. So it's like who shot? Who shot her? Uh, Tori. Like who did it? And it's like why did we have to make his album go number one? For us to find out that he was lying. Like, I saw so many people talking about, oh, yeah, he definitely did that shit after they listened to the whole album. Like, it went number one? Yeah, it went God. number one for the week. God, like, wow. I think. How? Bro, it's because it's, it's, it's really, I, I think it's just crazy because it's like, this is where we understand, like, privilege, right? right? I think this is where we can understand, like, the privilege that men have. And I think people talk about, like, black men don't have privilege. We're all, um, we're all like oppressed, but like we have to understand that there are is intersectionality. I think right. that that's the, what we keep getting at is intersectionality, and it's showing that like people, no matter what, will always kind of privilege what the men have to say. Right? right. We had to hear Tory side of things, even though there is medical proof. There's all these different things. She has come out and said it, but we didn't believe her. We had to get medical records. We had to hear his side of the story to be like, oh, she not lying. Well, yeah. And the funny. Oh, go ahead. And it's just like, okay, but if a, a nigga was like, oh, I fucked her, or she a hoe, they use your belief right off the bat, right that's off it, the bat. So it's, it. there's always a privileging of the male voice. And it's like, 
and that happens interpersonally. It doesn't happen as racist or, or how like race privilege works. Right, right. But it's another type of privilege, and I think we have to get into understanding that. Oh, for sure. And, and I think that with with Megan too, like we all have to remember that Meg didn't even want to talk about this at yeah. first, right? She only talked about it because Tori's team was making up lies about her. And Lying. I, and, and and it was funny because you were making up lies about a woman who was already not believed. You know Bro. what I'm saying? Like, if you and your team would have just shut your ass up made, and, and actually started doing work to make sure this shit didn't happen again to other black women who were attacked by, by insecure-ass men like yourself, you might be okay. Meg might have been like, you know what? Hey, I just want to keep it moving because yeah. I got... Unfortunately, like you were saying, T-Shaw, black women are expected to be strong and no, one, and no one's going to give a fuck anyway or believe Man. me anyway, but she had to speak. So so this is all... It's your fault because not only... Did you talk? Are you talking crazy now? But you were talking crazy Man. then. Meg didn't even want this shit out yeah. here, you know. See, and that's the thing. It's just like we be trying, we be trying to get at restorative justice because I think that's what she was trying to do. Right. She know that going through the system and going public and all that is not gonna bring her the healing that she needs. Oh, speak on it. So it's just like we we could have did this between us, and that's what we're trying to push for. But if like you out here lying to the public, bro, like. You have to be able to own up. That's a big thing about For restorative sure. justice is like accountability. If you can't take that accountability, that's why we have systems in place to do so. Right. But we know that those systems not for us. And I think that that's I, I keep thinking about how she said that like she was scared um, that the police were even gonna come to the scene because she's like, I could have got killed, he could have got killed. And that's what we understand race popping up, right? right we're right, both right. black, so we both are in trouble. Um, but like already she was already traumatized because she was shot in the foot. And I'm so upset, bro. I've seen so many people tweeting like, oh, it ain't hit no bones or tendons how you really get shot. People really ran with that shit. They was posting pictures of a foot like, oh, look at all these bones and tendons and ligaments. How, how didn't they get hit? We know she got hit in the heel. Like, it's like people, people want to take whatever, whatever like little evidence they have and say like, oh, she a liar. Yeah. But what does she have to gain from that? Yeah. Going through all of this stuff to... to Bring Tori down. He's she is way bigger than Tori. Like, <laughs> figuratively <laughs> and literally, bro. Like, like go uh, five four. Yeah, I was my my shock. My shock was like because I believed I believed her. I believed her as soon as I heard it. Um, my shock was more so in um, her even entertaining his his little midget ass. Like man. I that that was my shock. That that was my bro. that was my disbelief. You know what and I'm saying? And this man had the nerve like, to talk about on the album. So look, I I have a lot of knowledge about the album, but I need y'all to know I didn't listen to it. This is where I use the shade room. Yeah, yeah. If you want to know what's going on, yeah. check out the shade, shade room. room. They got the audio. They got clips. They got articles. This is what the shade room is for. Right. Um, and he was talking about how he was in love with her and how he want her back, but he calling her a liar. How you calling her a liar in the same verse and you saying you want her back? If somebody is really trying to defame your career, you want, you want revenge. You right. don't want them back. Like, what? Yeah, there, there was uh, there were alleged reports that like he sent her a text after it happened when she was in the hospital talking about I'm, you know, I was drunk, you know, you'll probably never want to speak to me again, but I'm sorry, da 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 da. Yeah. And it's just like, nigga, you know, you did this, like yep. just and Tisha, I think I think that's such a big thing because I think that like a lot of a lot of us, you know, as as black men and as men in general, don't know how to own up to our stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how to talk about it and be like, hey, 
I shot you for this reason. And yes, there's no excuse. There's mm -hmm. no justification. But let me at least do some uh, homework and dig deep in myself and say, oh, maybe I felt a certain type of way about something that was said or, said or done. And I Talk overreacted, about it. right? Talk about and I don't it. Think, and I don't think men, men sort of have that foresight sometimes. Some of us are just like, yeah, I was, I was angry. I did that shit. And I'm not really going to. Um, I, I'll do sort of a disingenuous apology, yeah. right? Instead of saying, "Yo, why did I feel like I had to react in that way?" Versus, let's say, Meg, let's say Meg did something that uh, that offended him, mm -hmm. and he he could have walked away, could have drove away, mm -hmm. he could have been like, "I'll talk to you later." Yeah. But like, do men process that type of shit? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I think that that's something um, to think about. Yeah, bro. Like, it's I I, I think about like. This is maybe not the best example, but it's just like how we don't know how to apologize for things and take accountability for things. Right, right. It's like when you were in trouble when you were little and your parents like, like you didn't really do nothing. They got real upset at you and then they come back later in the day and like, oh, you hungry or you want some food? There's food on the table. Like that's the apology. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. He was trying to pay her off and different things like that, but just never taking accountability. Day. Hey, look, I did some shit I wasn't supposed to. Like, I'm sorry. Like, these are how I'm going to make amends to it. But no, you just wanted to buy her off. Like, okay, don't tell nobody. And, and the funny thing is, you know, black people are some of the most forgiving people on the planet. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, because look at how people are defending Toy even now, right? Yeah. If Toy would have come out and said, hey, I did some shit, young fellas, this is how we need to de deal with our emotions, Meg. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I fucked up, and yeah. I'm going to do whatever is right to make sure this shit doesn't happen to other black women, even if you never talk to me again. Mm -hmm. Oh, he would have been a hero. Oh, absolutely. He would have been a hero absolutely. For, for being violent, but he, but he could have you know, had a much better path to redemption because mm -hmm. black people love love each other so much. And the bar is so low for us. That's, that's I think what that's I'm the saying. Other thing. The bar is so low for us. It's like... You don't want to applaud a fish for swimming, but like right. sometimes, like I was talking to my girl about this, sometimes like the affirmation helps just a little bit because right. then you can like avoid the problematics of other. Like you can encourage better behavior. Like some people need it. Like you don't want to treat people like kids and stuff, but like we know when you treat like kids with like affirmations and stuff, they want to do it more. All right. And it's like, that's how you the the bar is so low that we're children. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like he and like obviously it's a it's probably it's a criminal case now, but yeah. it's like it's like he could have been over there and been like, hey, look, I know what y'all been hearing. There was definitely something that I I did wrong. Yeah. I, I I definitely should be held accountable. Meg, I'm Meg, I'm sorry. And and like now let's do the work of making sure this stuff doesn't happen. And not even just when a black woman gets shot, but like all the other little micro things yeah. uh, in forms of violence and harassment and abuse that black women face that aren't sort of acknowledged, acknowledged and apologized for, right? Absolutely. Um, and it actually makes me think about uh, Slim Jimmy. Um, and for those of you all who don't, don't know, Slim Jimmy was uh, recently accused of hitting his, uh, the mother of his child, uh, Key. Um, I, I think she's pregnant. I don't think mm -hmm. she's giving birth to the child, but she, he hit her in the face um, so hard that it knocked one of her teeth Front out. Front teeth, yeah. So it's crazy. And, and it's like it, once again, it's sort of like I, I think that a lot of these these rappers, because I think we see a lot a lot in music, whether it's Slim Jimmy or like a Dr. Dre or like other folks. Um, and it's like I don't know if there was someone around you to guide you to tell you not to enact these types of this this type of violence or against mm -hmm. women or someone who was around to tell you how to process your emotions as a man when a woman does something to make you upset, yeah. right? Like, how do you sort of deal with your insecurities as a man that doesn't involve taking it out on anybody, really, yeah. but especially women? Yeah, right. absolutely. Do you feel like people have had that conversation enough? No, I think that it's a conversation that, like, has to transcend even, like, 
race, like right. it's men just in general. But I think in a black community, there's something we have to do because it's like we're we're attacked as, in, on so many sides. It's like we can't be attacking like our most vulnerable people too, like. Right. The people that like uh, that we rely on for so much, it's like we don't have a Black Lives Matter movement without women. We don't have all of these things like without black women. So it's like, how can we continue to attack them? But yeah, I think it's a chronic problem, um, not just in the rap game, but specifically in the rap game. Right. Um, and entertainers too, because we see that with athletes too. But we see like, I, I think of Dr. Dre. We think of Fab. Right. We think yeah. of, uh, Slim, nah. Slim Jimmy, part of Ray Strumming, but yeah, Nas, uh, Nas, Nas like, bro, like Joe Budden. Yeah. Um, there's just man, with the list could go on and on. Like, there's probably people we've never even heard of too, and it's just like it's so common. And I think that like, that's why I don't, I, I don't think we can get offended when women are like niggas ain't shit or niggas are the weakest link. And it's just like there, there's so many men that get upset and they be like, oh, not all men, this, that, and the third. But it's like a hit dog holler. Right, right, right. And that's what we know. It's like, okay, if you have something to defend, because if you ain't shit, you, there's nothing really you need to say. Yeah. And it's like, if you do feel attacked, then you got to unpack why you feel attacked. Right, right, right. It's like, there's something there that, like, you may be thinking, like, oh, damn, like, I ain't shit. Like, why are you saying that I ain't shit? And it's just like, well, you probably ain't shit. Because it's like, when I hear that, it's like, oh, niggas ain't shit, or niggas are the weakest link. I know exactly who they're talking about. They're talking about Slim Jimmy. They're talking about Joe Button. They talking about Offset not being able to accept like uh, uh, Cardi, Cardi B, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like those, that's that's what they mean when they say y'all the weakest link because it's like there are so many things that like stop us from being able to support them as black women, right, right, and it's like that's what makes it the weakest link because we don't uh, acknowledge their trauma, we don't acknowledge their pain. The niggas that like are caping for Tory talking about oh he ain't do it, they the weakest link, and it's just like that's why. The, the black community can't really move to the next level because we can't even acknowledge the intersectionality. Right, and and, and I, I'm glad you brought up the the offset Cardi B thing because like this is this is what black women mean when when they say that we're the weakest link. Cardi B stuck by Offset during cheating, all mm -hmm. sorts of all sorts of types of infidelities when she was pregnant, probably after she gave birth to um, to culture and. He can't show her the same respect, just just in terms of oh, I accept your career, supporting I, your career. I accept how you make money, mm -hmm. I, and like this is who, and this is who she was. So like for those yeah. of you who don't know, like there are reports that Offset was very embarrassed by Cardi B making the WAP song and wanted her to change, change and not be as sexually explicit in her music. And it's just like, first of all, you knew this is who she was when you met her. Second, this is why you wanted her. Right, right. And then secondly, what have you done as a husband to give her any incentive to make any type of compromise for, for her, for you? Because all you've done is embarrass her with th these infidelities, right? And so now when, when black women are saying, oh, I've been supporting you through infidelities, mm. like, like Cardi might have been killed. It, if she had cheated on Offset, like yeah, low key, yeah. and and um, you know, and niggas would have justified it, right? Right. Well, she was cheating, bro. Like you know, you can't have your girl out there in the streets cheating, but it's like you can't even give her the courtesy of um, I don't want to say letting her, but you can't give her the courtesy of accepting her career, how she makes money, and who she is because Cardi is one of the most genuine celebrities. She can't, I don't think she could fake it if she wanted to. Nope. So her music is a reflection of her thoughts and her lifestyle, mm -hmm. and it's like. If you say you love her, you had this child, you had a baby with her, how can you now say, oh, it's time to stop this stuff? WAP wasn't anything crazier than anything that Cardi B has ever said. Like, are we surprised, bro? Like, are we surprised? Like, this is who Cardi is. This is her career. This is how she has made it. So, like, 
for you to ask her to give up her career, and she's bigger, she's a bigger artist than you are. Yeah. She's a bigger artist than your group is. Right. So for you to try to control her career or try to, to try to mitigate something like, bro, it, I don't know. I think that that's wild. Like you don't even have power to really do nothing other than your power as a man. Right. And and, and for or the fellas out there who still don't really get get what women, black women mean when they say niggas ain't shit. This is what they mean. They mean y'all don't love us nearly as much as we love y'all. Mm. That's what they're really saying. That's it. That you you bite you bite our hands off, and all we're trying to do is feed you. We want we want to give you food. We want to give you light. We want to give you love so bad. But you refuse. You not only slap the shit out of our hands. You not only refuse to eat it, but you attack our hands. You rip our shit off, and we're tired of it. We 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 don't have that. We don't have all the hands in the world to give you. This there this is a finite source, yeah. and black women are tired of it. And that's and that's what they mean because like we because you know we, we hear the niggas ain't shit shit and all that stuff but like do that in, like tisha was saying do that in a work and be like well let's figure out what that means are yes. we loving them properly and yes. the answer is no and that's and and when we and when we talk about pain right that pain can come off in words that you don't want to hear but it's true because it's painful yeah. black women have tried to be nice about mm -hmm. this stuff for a, a long time and it's just talk not working it, bro yeah and it's like okay See, that's, that's what privilege is, bro. It's privilege. Because it's you have the privilege to be able to dismiss how someone feels, feels. and like and dismiss a pattern of behavior right. that they present you just because you don't feel the same way. Like, that's what privilege is. It's being able to just actively just dismiss somebody all the time. Be like, no, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Gaslighting. Right, right, that's right. That's what Tori did. That's gaslighting. Like, like and it's like, it's sick in the head yeah. and it's just like we we have to understand we have to check that privilege because if you can't think past why you, like you can't think past yourself to understand like to have some type of empathy to be able to try to connect be like okay they say niggas ain't shit because i could be like oh shit i don't know if niggas ain't shit but like at least spend time to think about why right like Sit time, like, you have to sit down and really hear somebody. And I don't think men take the time to do that. They just would dismiss it. And I think that that's the most frustrating part. Yeah, and, and here, here's the thing, fellas. Like, I think just like, because I, I don't think that white people, any one white person in the world will ever be able to look at themselves and be like, um, it's totally impossible for me to be, um, it's totally possible for me to never, ever be racist. I think that as a white person, you're always going to have to deal with your uh, biases and you're always going to have to fight and you should be dedicated to that fight and that's what being an ally is. Absolutely. So as a man, when black women say, say, um, you know, black men ain't shit, you know, I'm not doing anything super violent to women, but like I constantly want to check myself. Yeah. So like to, this week I've probably been ain't shit, you know, Absolutely. In, in some type of context or form and that's okay because I'm dedicated to making myself better. Yes. And that's why that type of stuff w wouldn't and shouldn't offend me. Just like it, it, it doesn't to, to you, fellas. So this is advice that me and T. Shaw, we take, our, we take ourselves, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We get challenged by black women all the time. Absolutely. And we allow it to make us better and, and, and make us grow. And that's what black women are, are that's all black women really want. Yeah, that's and for it. us to actually become better. Better, yeah. Right? But, like, do that. Just take the time to do that self-work. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, I've been clapped on, like, on Twitter and shit, like... Because I've said some shit that was out of left field, and somebody came back at me. And it's like, it's not, I think that people think it's, oh, they just out here to embarrass me. It's like, no, nah, like, maybe you were wrong. Like, have you ever considered that, like, hey, maybe, like, when, when they come at me, I'll be like, I, I feel attacked, yeah, of right. course. But it's just like, okay, well, why, why do I feel attacked, one, and why do I feel like you're attacking me? Right. That's the other thing, because it's just like, people, people just don't get they, they rocks off for, like, 
for you being attacked. Like that's not that's that's not what they want to do with their daily life. Right. I think that there's an assumption that maybe black women, um, that's just all that they want to do is just like have an attitude. I think again, it just kind of goes into stereotypes. But like, if you want to sit there and listen to them and hear them out, and that's why the tone isn't always the thing, the way you want to hear it. Because they frustrated. Like, they've been saying it. Like, I can't say it nice a hundred times and hope that you get it nice the hundred first time. Like, maybe right. I'm going to raise my voice. Maybe I'm going to call you a hoe. Like, maybe I'm going to, like, use some, some language that, like, isn't the most um, efficient and effective. But, like, we have to understand that that is through frustration. It's, like, the same reason that niggas out there rioting. It's, like, we can only ask nice so many times before I burn the fucking building down. Like, because right. then you're going to listen, right? right. I'm going to have your attention, right? Like Exactly. And, and so to, to that point of niggas rioting and having to burn shit down, um, once again... Um, and, and I love how you, you were talking about, you know, that 101st time we can't we can't be as nice um, because when you're nice, you go through the proper legal channels, mm -hmm. you know, this and this is what basically is the culmination of what's been going on with Breonna Taylor this week. Right. So, like, um, you know, I, I think it was uh, maybe at the beginning of this week. Louisville started putting up barricades and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Put an emergency order out. Right, right, because they were going to sort of release a statement about Breonna Taylor. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, the bullshit is about to, about to commence. Absolutely. Um, and so, and the bullshit did, in fact, commence. Um, and and Tisha, I'll let, let you give people more clarity around, around the actual um, terminology used here. But the Attorney Gen General Daniel Cameron um, basically did not uh, charge the officers for the actual shots that killed Breonna Taylor. It was actually the shots that damaged or endangered her neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so people were, have been using the tweet that, like, you know, the walls, the walls of the neighbors got more justice than Breonna Taylor actually did. Absolutely. And so, uh, T. Shaw, break that down more for people who might not know what's going on. Yeah, bro. So I, I'm glad you brought up, like, the emergency uh, order that they put out. Because it not only affected Louisville, they were prepping in a whole bunch of different cities, and that's what I knew. Um, they had barricades and stuff up in L.A. Oh, they had shit. stuff up in, like, Atlanta and New York. So it's like, y'all prepping. Y'all prepping for something big. Well, what is it? And they're saying, oh, it's just a precautionary measure. But, like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. So we knew. We knew. Um, but it's, like, still, six months later, and how many times ever, like, it's happened, um, that frustration never, like, never leaves. I think that like I will always feel this anger every single time because it's like we get this this fake process. It's like it, it it mimics a process but it it doesn't feel we know what the result is, but it's like you just put us through this game. And it's like how long are we gonna continue to play this game? Um so yeah that that the officer, the one that was charged was charged with um wanton endangerment. That's what it was called. Um and I looked it up People that are charged with wanton endangerment, um, do they they'll have like a DUI. Um, they there's people that have been charged with wanton endangerment for um, flashing a loaded gun at somebody, different things like that. So it, it is often seen as reckless in um, reckless endangerment um, actions that could cause harm, not that caused harm and took life. So yeah. it's just like that. It is just so disrespectful. Because yeah, the the endangerment was not for Breonna Taylor's life because that was taken. Right. It was for the other potential lives that were around right. in the the, the the destruction of property. But she, and, and the funny thing was that she she was the the, the potential lives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Lee Merritt. So I follow Lee Merritt, who's 
Um, for those of you who don't know who Lee Merritt is, he's actually an attorney who's been working a lot of these uh, cases where black black lives are, um, you know, sort of taken and stolen by police officers. And he was talking about how, because, you know, you got people who are like, <clears throat> or there, there's a narrative, right? Like, I know uh, Charles Barkley was like, well, you know, they, they did, they, the, the boyfriend did shoot at the police. But he, here's the thing, y'all. Yes, if you're a cop and someone shoots at you, you have a right to defend yourself. But that's different. That's it, when someone's outside and you can see them and they shoot at you and you can take a shot at them. That's completely different from from you. Uh, a bullet coming from um, from outside of a house, mm. and then you spraying the house crazily, not yeah. knowing who could be in there, yeah. and that's what happened. Yeah. And Lee Merritt was sort of talking uh, talking about the logistics of that. Those cops knew that they could have harmed mad people and mad innocent people, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what what the hell happened. And they're not being held accountable for it. And I and I want to and I want to say this um, for the people who are saying you know arrest the cops, da da da, learn their names. It's Miles Cosgrove, it's Jonathan Maddenly, and Brett Hankinson is the guy who actually sent in the rounds because John, Jonathan Maddenly was the one who was the officer who got hit. So, and you want to hear something crazy? I was just reading a report this morning. Um, they they tried to say automatically it was uh, the boyfriend that hit him, right? But now, after looking at some of the reports and some of the evidence, they yeah. believe that um, one of the other officers actually is the one. It was friendly fire. He got hit. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, the boyfriend only sent one warning shot out. Right, right. He only sent, he only shot one shot. And I don't think, he, of course, he didn't hit nobody. He just kind of, like, shot it. Interesting. Because um, he thought somebody was breaking in. Right, right, right. And um, they they kept saying that uh, they all carried 45s, but they found out that one of the officers was actually carrying a 9, and he was the one in the back. Interesting. So the one that got hit, it seems like he got hit by friendly fire. He hit the officer. Wow. Yeah, wow. so it's like there's it's just so so many layers to it. It's, it's a cover up. Yeah, he's unfolding. I, yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's just one of those things where it's like, um, so the friendly fire situation is one thing, but it, and it's just like, hey, look, y'all, I don't care how you spin it, and even if you're a cop, you bleed blue. Like, if you're a cop and you were willing to send multiple rounds into a house where you didn't know who mm -hmm. was in there. When someone gets hurt, if you really are a great cop, if you really do bleed blue, you should you should think of yourself as more more accountable than the average person, not above the average person. Absolutely. In terms of accountability, um, and, and it's just a shame because Tisha, when you were talking about them putting up the barriers, uh, the barricades in different cities, it's funny because it's like. When I do something and I know it's wrong, I start prepping early yeah, for the absolutely. reaction. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, damage control. Right. Literally, that's literally what it was. Damage right. control. Versus if they if they were about to say, oh, we're about to charge all of them for this murder, we're about to sentence them, no barricades would have been put up anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Because in your mind, you know, hey, like this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And but but when you do some BS, you gotta prepare for some BS. And so it's really unfortunate. And I think it goes back to this thing that we were talking about before in terms of like black women, um, you know, really being the hand that feeds us. Yeah. And I hate that like this this black man in Daniel Cameron was the poster child for mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor was, you know, her her death. And her murder was actually justified, right? Yeah. And once again, it's just like you can't—you can't even love us from a legal perspective. Yeah. You can't even acknowledge that like we were slaughtered, and that the people should be held accountable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just really unfortunate. And it proves that all kinfolk or all skinfolk and kinfolk. Right. I think that's important. Like we also see that. I mean, this may be uh, not completely related, but like David Cameron's with a white woman. He was also on um, Trump's shortlist for the Supreme Court nomination. 
So, like, there are things that show that he was never on this team. So, it's All crazy right. because there is a complete conflict of interest um, for that man in this action making this ruling. So, like, wh- why was he in position to do so? I think that that makes it problematic, too. Like, and then it's just, like, the grand jury. It's, like, the grand jury just kind of comes up with the evidence. And then, like, he makes a ruling on that. So, it's, like, it's not even a democratic process. Right. It's not a democratic process at all. But, yeah, I like the, that you pointed out that, like, they were doing damage control before. And if you if you know that you've done something wrong, then you know that, like, there are going to be repercussions. So, it's just, like, and then y'all continue to blame black people for being angry and for being for rioting and different things like that. But it's, like, you know. Honestly, you've caused it. You've caused it and you've caused it and you've caused it. And it's just, like, it's, like, if you keep poking a bear and the bear attack you, and then you shoot the bear and you blame the bear. It's like it's not the bear fault. Like Yeah, like yeah. It, you it, provoked it. You keep stoking it. And it's just like people keep talking about like, oh, it might be a civil war, but it's like it's something that keeps being stoked and stoked and stoked. And it's just like you I don't know how much people can take. Well, and and what we also have to realize too is that, you know, um, you know, you got deputies in LA that have been shot, like the all of these things because here's the thing when we go through the legal process right yeah. when we like and and I and I totally agree like it's it's a really messed up system that like that the attorney general who already is um, sort of compromised in his decision making but also has all that autonomy in that decision making process mm-hmm. that's a really messed up system but we went along with it we're like hey we're gonna push we're gonna we're gonna, we gonna believe because that's what we have that's what y'all telling us we it, vote exactly go right? by law exactly but but when it doesn't work out um you have to start you have to start thinking about other means and like the the, the horrible part is while these crooked cops are doing these things that cause uh, black people their their lives. You might have some good people who are taken in revenge yeah. and and vengeance. And the the thing about it is, black people and Black Lives Matter, NAACP, a lot of these uh, pro- protesters, we're not violent at all. Yeah. We're not violent at all. It's 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 a crazy narrative. Um, but for, but you have some people who are outside of all that who don't give a damn and want who just want vengeance. Mm-hmm. And guess what? This system and the way in the in the way in which it's working is setting up people more innocent lives to be taken. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's another Breonna Taylor, whether it's a cop who's minding his business or her business, like it, like everyone is gonna suffer when you when you're not valuing humanity. Humanity, absolutely, bro, absolutely. And I think that it's frustrating too because it's like. We do everything that y'all tell us from Philando Castile, mm-hmm. um, letting people know that like he has a gun in the car and where the gun is and that he needs to get his wallet and you're shooting him for that. It's, it's going and voting. It's like people have shown up in numbers to vote. That hasn't worked. It's like, okay, well, we had, we rewrite laws. So there was, now there's a Breonna Taylor no knock warrant. That's supposed to help. Um, a, a year ago, the Stephon Clark law passed. I'm not supposed to stop. Uh, Police force, deadly, deadly police force. Um, that hasn't worked. People still getting killed in LA. People still getting killed in California. Okay, so it's like then we have we think of Brown versus Board of Education. Like that's a Supreme Court case, right? Trying to stop school segregation, but segregation is at its highest point right now. So it's like okay, even the, the highest court in the land, the highest court of the law, can't even uh, stop this stuff because we still have segregation. Then we have the Fourteenth Amendment. The Fourteenth Amendment is crazy. So the Atlantic, y'all have to read it. The Atlantic just put out an article um, talking about the Fourteenth Amendment. This was passed, in, I think, like 1865, uh, 1875, one of those, um, to address like a lot of the stuff that's going on. And in in the article, it talks about wanton endangerment and um, police force. All right. 
and just force uh, of like outside militias and different things like that. So it's just like, and that's the highest, that's the highest law of the land, an amendment. Like that's the Constitution. So if the Constitution can't help us, the Supreme Court can't help us because the Supreme Court is supposed to check the Constitution. So if those two not working, the executive, we don't, we don't have the president in office that we need. Okay. So what's the point of us voting? Like, what what is the what should we do? What should we do other than burn it down? So then that's when we get to scorched earth. And it's like, but if people get to that point, then they're violent, and they're they're negative, and they're um, they're treasonous, and all of this stuff. And it's just like, just how we were talking about with uh, black women. It's just like a, a constant cycle of gaslighting. Like it's just gaslighting. And it's just like I don't know how much people can take without them snapping. Right, right. No, for sure. And and let's let's talk more about about this idea of like black people in particular snapping because we're just tired of being slaughtered with mm-hmm. no justice, right? Um, and and the funny thing is, you know, me me and you have, have talked about you know the Democrats' plan for black people versus the Republican black plan for black people, and yeah. how you know a lot of a lot of the Democrats like their option and their game plan is we're not Republican, so we're That's the best it. of two evils. Not that we have anything radical, not that we have have a lot of plans that are going to really uh, make people black people feel like they can be feel safe. Um, secured, protected, and successful in America. No, it's just that we're, we're not, not Trump. We're, yeah, we're not Trump. And and so and and, and the the f- horrible part about it is that you know with with Republicans and especially for someone like Trump, Trump does not mind placating to to uh, black folks in the black audience in order to steal their vote. And mm-hmm. what will happen is is that black people will say, well, the Democrats aren't aren't you know giving me a plan that says this is for black people. Y'all won't even you know entertain rep- reparations mm-hmm. or defunding the police and mm-hmm. stuff like that. At least the Republicans are giving me something to to work with, right? On the surface, right, right. And, and shout out, a shout out to to sis, to sis. You know, th- talking about you know how the the system is is broken, right? And it, and it's work. Well, it's broken and it's not broken because it's working the way it's it's always so, supposed to been designed. Right. To. And that's what they point out that the start of the system was not ever meant for black people because black people weren't seen as people. Right. It was for rich white males. Right. Landowners. Exactly. Which steal the system privileges because we saw how, in Breonna Taylor's case, they privileged the property over her life. It's Property is still worth more than black lives, which is uh, crazy, which is really crazy. And I appreciate you saying that the system needs to be uh, demolished because that's the point that we get to, right? And that's the point that we feel. But yeah, I, I think that you were making a great point talking about how the Democrats, when it's a two-party system, it, they've positioned themselves as not Trump, right? And the most that they'll do for black people is that they'll nominate somebody that was the vice president of a black person, and then they'll give him a black woman as a vice president nominate, nominee. That's the most they're going to do for black people. They still intend to give uh, police more money. They're, 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 it's like they're pandering to moderates. They're hoping to steal just some people away that are kind of racist um, t- to get them to not vote for Trump. That's who. That's that's their game plan right now. Black people is like, okay, we're going to do this like little shucking job for y'all to make it seem like, oh, yeah, we for black people. But we're not going to do nothing specifically for y'all. We're not going to give y'all nothing. We're just y'all best bet. That's that's all that they tell us. It's just like, well, you would rather have us than Trump. And it's like I can even I can understand why some people are leaning toward conservatism or leaning toward Trump because it's like historically the Democratic Party and the Republican Party have never been for black people. So it's like on the surface, Trump looked like he's trying. If you want to talk about this platinum plan, yeah, yeah. it's like it's pure pandering to black people, but it's like 
I've seen the Republican Party at least actively doing it. <laughs> right, right. Because here's the thing: Trump, Trump is Trump is a horrible, despicable human being. But like, he knows how to how to target people, and he know and he says says and ex, and is very explicit about everything that he means. So mm -hmm. what He's I, marketing. Right, right. So he has this new thing called the Platinum Plan, and and you know before we get into it, I do want to say that this is total and utter BS. But we'll get more into that later. Um, and basically, his Platinum Plan is for um, the empowerment of you know black communities. And so um, he talks about putting $500 billion towards increasing the number of black-owned contracting businesses, financial service entities, and private equity investment funds, right? Um, he also has, you know, a proposal um, that, that deals with how um, he's going to make increases in black unemployment mm -hmm. and home ownership, even though he doesn't offer a lot of details. But then he <laughs> also says he wants to prosecute the KKK as a terrorist organization and make Juneteenth as a holiday. Mm -hmm. and, and here's here's the thing, and here's how Democrats are going to get sort of sort of beaten out because Trump will say, "Hey, look, you know." Y'all know I don't really get, give a damn about black people, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that I, I at least have a plan for y'all. Yep. I will tell you all the lies, but at least I have it written out, and I'm saying this is not for anybody else. This is for black people. This is a plan that I have for you. And we know he can't stand black people. Man, he's called us lazy. He's he's uh, actually wanted to cut. Uh, funding programs that disproportionately affect us, like TRIO, College mm -hmm. Access and Support Bro, Program. yes, talk about it. Right, he's wanted to cut um, and, and uh, defund uh, HBCU um, funds. Um, they give us hundreds of millions of dollars. So he doesn't care, yeah. but he had, but he's more specific in the Democrats and saying, hey, black people, I, w I can give you a much better lie than the Democrats can give you a truth. Absolutely. We c I can give you a more specific lie than the Democrats' vague truth. And that's what we have to, I think that's something that we have to think about because, T. Shaw, you were saying, you were saying it in an awesome way where it's just like we're tired of going through the same process mm -hmm. and like, the Democrats want to appeal to people who don't have our interests, who don't really care about us. Yeah. And and sort of also to your point, because we were talking about this earlier, that um, they sort of have, some of these moderates have Trump's, you know, ideas. They're just yeah. not going to say them out loud yeah. or not, or, you know, or, or as much in the same way, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, bro, I feel that 100%. It's like, man, like so many people hate Trump. And I think that that's why the D Democrats are playing like this anti-Trump thing. It's just like, oh, we're not Trump. But people only hate Trump because he says out loud what they think. And I think that that is the most important part. It's right, just like, right. It's like Trump is exposing white people. It's like everybody, like a lot of white people believe that black people are inadequate because of their culture or different things like that. But Trump says it explicitly. He says it in a way that's unfeathered, that's uncensored. And like there are people that eat that up, but there's white people that like, it's not politically correct, so like it is exposing us. But they believe the same things because if they didn't, then they would be uh, more for defunding the police. Right. They would be for uh, public education, um, free education for all, college and everything. Like there are things that we can fix that are equitable, but they're not into equity. They're not into reforms of that manner. So that that's what the Democratic Party is for. I think that that's why I think that the whole Democratic Party is just kind of a bunch of people that are like, okay, well, let's keep the status quo. Let's not shake the boat too much, but like, let's keep the status quo and let's, let's try to be progressive in a very slow way, but it's, it's not rooted in anything real. And I think that the problem with the Democratic Party right now is that they're playing to the right. They're playing to the right because the right is moving more right. They're moving 
toward more toward fascism and different things like that. And instead of them moving more left and making a, a, a clear division in the, the sand, they're trying to just play the fence, which makes them move more to the right. They're playing more moderately. And it's like, that's not how you're going to win. And it's not, that's not how you're going to even build a lasting party because you don't stand for anything. The Democrats don't really stand for anything. And at least Trump can lie. I think that he shows that, like, <laughs> he has at least, a, like, prosecuting the KKK, like, as a terrorist organization. I think he said he want to go on after Antifa, too. When he was calling, calling white supremacist people good good folks, too. Exactly. So we know he lied. Exactly. But he don't give a damn. He, he can look you in your face and be like, hey, the fuck, fuck those guys. It is in school. Bro, I show my oh. students this video this, uh, this uh. week. And he was talking about some some uh, a great journalist pressed him, and then he was just like, "You talk about making America great again, but when has America ever been great for black people?" And he was like, "Well, um, before Corona hit, uh, we had the highest unemployment or the lowest unemployment uh, black people have ever seen. They had the most jobs." And he was like, "Okay, but we need to do something about uh, we need to do something about." Income inequality, or not income inequality, the the wealth gap. He was like, yeah, like you talking about, um, like yeah, like the unemployment's low, but he was like, people working, you yeah, you giving people more minimum wage jobs, minimum wage is eight twenty five. That's not doing anything for the income gap and the wealth gap. Right. And then he was like, okay, well we just have to start somewhere. And he was like, okay, but still, I want I want you to talk about when was America ever great for black people? And that's the thing, it like it got him hooked because he was like. He said something about a race problem, and Trump was like, "I don't think America has a race problem. I I like the blacks. I like uh, Latinos. Like, I I don't see a race problem." And I'm like, "Oh, bro, you are really that dense." And it's just I think that that's how white people really think. It's just like, "Oh, well, I don't actively hate black people. Um, like, just looking at them, hate them as black people." But it's like there's so many negative stereotypes that you have that that causes hate. It's like when people call someone homophobic or transphobic, it's like, yeah, you might not actively hate gay people when you see a gay person like, oh, I hate their ass. But you <laughs> you cringe or you turn away when they kiss their significant other. Right. You, ugh, when you see th different things. They support po don't support policies that empower them. Exactly, exactly. And the things that are actively killing them. You know, you, like Planned Parenthood. It's like people call you misogynistic because you can't understand why women need access to birth control, why they need access to like their their own bodies, like, <laughs> and that that is where it kind of comes in. It's not like oh I see them and I hate them. That's not what it looks like. And I think that that's what people think racism looks like. I think that that's what people think that oppression looks like. And it's no, it's it's uh, yeah. Well, and, and and let me and let me say let me say this because um, and, and we're and we're about to go go to break. But I, I want to say say this before we go to break break and come back with some more some more news. Um, I think Tisha, to your point, man. I think that. Moderates are so okay with they're not okay with Trump until you start saying, well, the, well, if we if we try if we're trying to beat Trump and we're actually trying to make America equitable, then we need to defund the police and we do X, Y, and Z. And then the moderates are like, well, then I don't know. Yeah. If if we're like you said, if if we're gonna make this equitable for like everyone, I don't know. But like Trump is messed messed up. But like I just don't like the way he he does things. But like I like my life as it is now. Yeah. It's cool now. So if y'all want to defund the police, oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm vote. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm on Trump team. Like, that's how I know you racist. Right. That's how I know. That, yeah, yeah. And so I think for for the for those who are in the middle, for those of you who don't who don't understand, um, you know what it means means for things to be equitable. Understand that like 
all of these things that, that me and T-Shaw constantly talk about in terms of defunding the police and like, you know, dealing, dealing with homelessness and education and, and like black issues in a different way. These are what an equitable Amer America is. And if you feel like you'd rather have Trump, Trump and stay and let things stay the, stay the way they are, you have to do some internal work and dig deep and ask, ask yourself why. Absolutely. And understand this is why um, we're, <laughs> and, and you gotta understand that this is why we're mad and this is why black people, uh, black people are tired of supporting you know, the Democrats or, or whoever because no one is actually looking out for us and, and if they say they are, it's performative. Mm -hmm. But one more thing I'll, I'll say too is that um, this, uh, this is also gonna end up hurting you, everyone, because, you know, um, Ru, you know, Rudy uh, Ginsburg, right, RBG, she passed away, and when we get back, we're going to talk about Barrett, who yeah. is the new Supreme Court justice that, that Trump wants to appoint. To push through. Yeah. You call her Rudy? <laughs> that, I, Ruth? Ruth, yes, yes. <laughs> On screen. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like, RBG, because I always get, I was, my, my bad, my bad. So, uh, <laughs> free was, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, free Rudy. So um, when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the implications um, for that, because once again, when black people say we're suffering, when black people say that, that we are hurting and that things need to change, realize it's just like every other thing in America's history. When you make it better for us, you make it better for everyone else. But when you ignore us, it's also going to hurt everyone else. And we're going to talk about that more when we get back. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's just going to be a minute or two and we'll be right back. Keep rocking with us. We appreciate the love from the UK. Keep rocking with us. Hey. All right, y'all. What's up, brewers? And we back and we back, black. Back. There it is. There it is. Um, so for, for those of you just tuning in, um, we were talking about how when black people suffer um, and we're ignored, <laughs> everyone ends up um, suffering. And when we're liberated, more people end up being liberated. Um, and what we mean by that is that, you know, some people, y'all aren't paying attention to, to Trump. And maybe it's because you're a moderate, you're in the middle, and you just feel like, hey, if Trump's elected again, life won't be as crazy for me. But actually, it will. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, when, um, when, when RBG Ruth uh, Ginsburg actually died, um, you know, there was this empty, empty seat in the Supreme Court justice spot, and Trump has someone he wants to push, and her name is uh, Judge Amy uh, Coney Barrett. Um, and if she actually gets put in that position, um, the there would be a conservative, a six-three conservative liberal majority, um, but with like a five-four split in conservative conservatism, and um, that and that that person, I think she was under Mitch McConnell, yeah. I think. And she she basically was doing everything that um, he, she sort of had his ideas in terms of policies, which are way more conservative, um, very less less um, inclined to be pushed towards women's rights, mm -hmm. LGBTQIA rights, um, and things of that nature. And so, Tisha, do you want to speak more uh, more to why this is such a big decision and a grave situation that we're in as at, as the U.S.? Absolutely. Um, so. What we know about, was about uh, the conservatives, they've been pushing uh, to kind of repeal Roe versus Wade. Um, so that gives women the right to like an abortion um, and just like kind of birth control in general. Um, so I think with it moving from a 5-4 yeah. to a 6-3, um, it changes a lot. It changes a whole bunch with the Supreme Court. With the 5-4, just kind of how we think about like the election, there are swing votes. I think that there are some people that are considered conservatives on the Supreme Court, but they are 
moderates, more or less. So they swing either way, kind of depending on the ruling. And that's why rulings, they, they have a big effect, and a lot of people watch them. They've at least been watching recently. But with the 6-3, that, that's a majority. It's an easy majority. So unless, like, someone just decides not to vote the way we expect them to vote, then um, a lot will change. Um, so I think that that's one of the biggest reasons um, why that they're, they're pushing to get this person in very quickly um, before the election because they know if they can get this seat filled, um, we talked about this last week, the uh, problems with lifetime appointments. Um, if they get the seat filled before the election, um, the man, like the, the landscape of this nation will be altered for the next 50 to 60 years. Because um, we know these people hang on just like RBG, like they hang on until they die because they don't want the person from the opposing party or the per person from the opposing view to uh, be seated on the court. Right, right. And, and, and once again, y'all, y'all don't care enough about black women. Y'all don't care enough about black trans women. But uh, but <laughs> when Amy gets appointed, if she gets appointed, can knock on wood, I guess, but it you know it's going to roll back shit for women for lgbtqia folks mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of conservative policies that impact you moderates and you white democrats who didn't care about anything before this point yeah. um and so once again when you ignore those who are hurting and suffering the most here in america it will come back to bite you in your whole ass you understand absolutely um and so it, it's very it's very unfortunate this is a very scary situation um, and you know, T. Shaw, what what can we do right now to, I guess, have any sense of hope? Is there hope? Is there a glimmer of it? Bruh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, like, man. Like riot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> At this point, like that's the only thing I can think of because I'm thinking like, okay, we can say vote and we can hopefully get somebody in, but there's no telling what we can do to slow down this process. I guess we can hope that. Um, Auntie Maxine Waters and like our, we can reach out to our Congress people um, to, to, uh, was, it's not, I was going to call it gerrymandering. Was it when you um, stall the vote oh, on, the, on the floor? Um, what is it called? Oh, I don't, I, I can't think of it right now. There's a term when um, somebody's on the floor, they uh, buy hella time, they spend their, they'll, some people will sit there and read Harry Potter. Um, it's been done historically to stop civil rights and stuff from passing. Um, but I, I think that they're uh, filibuster. Shout out to moms. Shout out to bam, moms. bam. Filibuster. Um, yeah. So I, we can hope that like our our Congress uh, people that we support and that like have our views that they filibuster and hope hopefully that they can stop it. I'm not exactly sure what the process is. I don't think Auntie Maxine can do it because she's a House of Rep. Um, I think that it, it would have to be in the Senate because the Senate confirms. But the Senate majority is um, conservative right now, so that is an important point of voting because um, we do. There's other people that like represents us other than the president. Right, right. And so having those Congress uh, people in there that have our views, that that can affect things. But because they have the majority, I don't know how much we can do to stop this from being pushed in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but you know what? Yeah, look, America was warned. Yeah. Time we we can only say look vote and it and it's not even and, and it's not even just like a presidential thing voting on every level counts mm -hmm. and we've stressed this so so much 
And I think that America is looking like that kid who has to get roughed up and go through the hard times before they actually learn the lesson, even though they've seen it play out for so many yeah. people the wrong way so many times. Yeah, but I mean, like, the thing is, we gonna get roughed up, not them. Like, they really don't care. And it's like, it's crazy, because even when the Supreme Court is in our favor, um, we still don't, stuff still don't go as well as it should. Like, mm. we can get the laws and we can get the decisions on the book. But are they supported? Are they are they implemented by our executive? Are they pushed through um, by our legislative branch? Not always. Like we have Brown versus Board. There's a lot of school segregation. So it's like, even when we do get the stuff, it isn't as effective as it should be. But on the on the flip side, they can roll back as much as they want, and like there's no we don't really have power to stop them because again, it's a system not really meant for us. So you get to the point. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And I don't know. I was actually talking to my students about this this week, and they were super frustrated. And I was, like, pushing them to think about things, and we started going back and forth because they were just like, I don't know why y'all asking us. We are young. We, we don't got our degrees. Like, you should be answering this. I don't know why you're asking us. And I'm just like, well, y'all the future. Like, I got my degree, but, like, my job right now is to empower y'all. And, like, y'all aren't as helpless as y'all making yourselves out to be. But really what they were saying was that they're frustrated. It's just, like, they see people protesting. And they've only been exposed to this for, like, the last maybe four years, like, because they've just gotten old enough to kind of really understand this. They're seniors. And they're just frustrated because they're like, look, we, we protest. We, it's, like a, it's like rinse, wash, and repeat. It's like a cycle. It's a cycle. And they're just like, well, I don't know what you want us to do. Ask the activists. That's what they've done. Like, they've spent their career trying to figure out. Like, we keep trying all these old things, and, like, it's not working. So, like, what are we supposed to do? And I think that they made a great point because it's, like, they pointed out, it's, like, yeah, we can get laws passed, but, like, it don't do nothing. So, it's, like, why y'all keep asking us because it's just going to keep happening? So, what are we supposed to do? And, and then somebody said, like, okay, well, we need to think of some new things. And I think that that's true, and I don't have an answer right now. I don't know what that new thing looks like. I don't know how we can change it. I don't know how we can stop it, but, like, it has to be different from what the options we've been trying. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think that, yeah, there's definitely a big sense of hopelessness, but I also think that, you know, you're, you're right in the sense that we're not as helpless as, as it might feel, right? And, like, sometimes you got to do, do what you can until you can do what you want, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, excuse me, thinking, I think when you said thinking about new systems and things, I think that, you know, now things like defund the police have always sort of been around the, these yeah. ideas and these concepts, yeah. but now I think that, especially in this age, it's like a scorched earth anyway. Mm -hmm. This is when we should be pushing for for more radical agendas because we we need the system to be scorched, Absolutely. right? And it's scorching itself, honestly, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so I, I think that continuing to sort of push push that push that narrative and push the the ideas that, like, uh, our, our sort of activist ancestors have been pushing for mm -hmm. decades, right? Um, I think this is a great ground for it because the world is falling apart more than it has ever been anyway, right? Absolutely. So, so I think that we have to sort of keep, keep that in mind, but also take the time to be frustrated and Absolutely. to say it and to mm -hmm. be like, we're not okay right now. This is pretty horrible, and it's, so, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to, to, to not feel hope. But after you take that time, now let's let's dive deep into it, right? Yes. So, uh, speaking of new systems, um, I, I, I'm gonna I want to sort of talk about things that people haven't haven't talked about, and this is sort of like our uh, you know cocoa butter love love session <laughs> when we when we sort of talk about relationships, because as we think about new systems in the world, I like to think about new systems in in dating. So I, I got I got a little personal story. Will, okay. will y'all bear okay. with me? Yeah. So. Um, I was talking to this this lovely young lady, and um, you know, I 
I unfortunately, you know, got got hit with the the Casper, right? I I was ghost, uh, ghost, I was ghost, ghost Denny, Fan, Denny Phantom, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And you know, I I realized that like I was frustrated um, because we were in the middle of making plans. Like mm. I've, I've been ghosted before, that's fine. Like yeah. life, life is good, yeah, you know. People are, with me, it's cool. Yeah, people are plentiful in the world. There there are cornucopia and a plethora of great women out in in this world, but. I think what got me was we were in the middle of making plans mm. and without any type of, you know, knowledge or warning that like, oh, you don't want to do the plans anymore. That person sort of like cut cut it off. And so I was like, you know what? I want to express to this person that like I did not appreciate it, that if they didn't feel me, they should have just said something. Yeah. And when I expressed myself and I wished them the best and told them, hey, like, even though this happened to me, I hope this doesn't happen to you. And I hope that like you don't put other people through this. We actually had a very productive conversation. Okay. And it was really good. So shout out, shout out to that person and, and I, I hope they find what they're looking for. And I think that, you know, it made me think, all right, so when you start dating someone, right, how often do you think about what I what I'm now calling a ghost script? Oh. And what a ghost script is, is knowing what you want someone to say. If you if they want to ghost you or if they want to in communication or not hang out with you in that way anymore, because I think that a lot of people they say don't ghost, don't ghost, don't ghost. That's that's mm. so childish, problematic, and immature. But like, do people do the actual work to think about? Okay, how do I let someone know? Like, what's my ghost script for letting someone else know that I'm not into them anymore? But and how do I want it to happen to me? Do I do I want it to be an unread message? Do I want them to to tell me, hey, like. It's not working out. Do I want them to make an excuse? Like, T-Shaw, now that you're sort of, you, well, not sort of, now that you're off the streets market, <laughs> as they say, um, how how would you have liked to have been ghosted when you were single? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I've been ghosted a few times um, in my day. It don't feel good. And I think that, like, with the problem with ghosting is that when you don't get any resolution, you don't get any resolve, you don't, you never know what it was, right. and it's very easy to blame yourself. Like, oh, I did something wrong, or you try to sit there and think through all the, the awkward moments and all the things that I like, could have contributed to them making the decision. Right. And what it really comes down to is usually never you, it's just them. Right. And it's like when people say it's not me, it's you, or it's not you, it's me, it's, it's a real thing. It's right. like, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, but I think that, like, I would have loved for them, because it, it, I think the three times I can think of, those people got back with their ex. And, like, that's cool. That's cool. And it's just, like, it's crazy when energy is, like, good. Everything's kind of bouncing back, and, like, it's, it sounds good, and then they just kind of disappear. Right. And it's just, like, one day out of the blue. Like, how can we be texting all of this, like, one day, and then the next day it's just, like, Oh, you hit me back, or maybe like one day it's like low energy, and then the next day it's like, oh no response. Then you like, well, damn, I'm not, I don't really double text, but I'm gonna send you another one because I'm feeling you. Right, right, yeah. So I think for me, it would have just been nice for them to just, I, I tell like even with my girl now, I'm like transparency is key. Like just let me know what you think, and so I don't have to think about what you're thinking. Right. Because then you can just make up things, and it's just like. And it goes, I think we, I, I like her a lot because it's like we communicate well, but it's because we worked together before. Right. So it's just like we work together doing organizing and different things like that. So I know that we have like a relationship where we can communicate that a lot of people in romantic relationships don't have because right. that's not the first thing you're thinking about when you're thinking about like, oh, do we work well together? Like, am I attracted to you? Right, like, right. Oh, can you communicate? <laughs> I don't think that that is. And I think that that's the problem with a lot of relationships. Um, 
So this is all just going back to say that, like, just be transparent. I think if somebody just like, hey, look, I thought you were attractive. We had a good time. There was nothing really wrong, but like, I just don't know if this is, I, I, I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't know if this is exactly what I was looking for. I think you're a good person. Um, but yeah, this is just not me right now. Right. Like, maybe later we can be cool if you want, but like, it, it didn't have it. Because I'll be looking for it. So if it. you don't got it, and or I don't got it for you, that's cool. That's cool. Because I get that. Because I've been there. Right, right. I, I've had people before literally be like, hey, hey, Ashton, like, I think that you want to be uh, platonic, but you just don't want to say it. You just can't say it. I've had women tell tell me that, right? And I think that some, I think sometimes it's sort of like the, uh, when you're walking across the street and you're like, oh, if you hit me, I'm going to sue you. But then if you're in the car, you're like, oh, don't don't make me run you over. Yeah. It's that type of thing with ghosting where it's just like everyone is like, oh, don't, don't, um, you know, you can be honest with me and be transparent. But like when you're on the other end, it's so tough to let someone know, hey, I'm not feeling you. Right. Yeah. And so and so I think that I think to your point saying, hey, like this is this is great. Uh, but I don't I don't know what it is. I, I'm not feeling the sparks, and I, I don't want to lead you on or wa- waste your time because you're because yeah. you're you're super super dope. You know what I'm saying? And like ha- having that conversation because I know with the I know both both times that I remember that I've been ghosted. Like well, I, I have I have three times too that were very distinctive. But these last two, it was like we were in the middle of making plans. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, but thanks, thanks for you know offering to hang out with me. You know, I, I'll see you around. It's just something to to let. Yeah. And, and y'all, if you're going to be resp- a responsible person in, in dating, you want to start thinking about this too. And then also coming to a person and say, Hey, look, if you're not feeling me, this is how you can say it. This is how I would yeah. like to be communicated with. You know what I'm saying? This is literally, a, I'll literally give you the ghosting script to let me go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like having that in your mind and like. Thinking about that, even with like first dates and stuff, because those can can be very awkward when you're trying to feel someone out. Yeah. And be like, you know, well, what what is your vibe? And like, hey, like, you know, our date's over, but like, if you don't want to continue this, just like, this is what you can tell me, and I'll receive it this way. Yeah. Or asking someone, how would you like if we didn't want to do this again? How would you want me to communicate that with you? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I don't think that people practically going to to dates thinking that but like it's a very important thing yeah absolutely or just being straight up like oh would you like to do this again like so as you as you think things are wrapping up like oh would you like to do this again like no yes okay cool i've I've heard that i i think that i like reflecting on on some of the, the times i've had some first dates i knew that it wasn't really what i was looking for but it was cool it was a cool time so i'm like oh yeah i hit you uh we can maybe do something later Right. And it's like, I don't even really mean it, but it's just like, I, that's just naturally what I like thought right, to say. Right. So I'm just, I feel like that's a form of ghosting because then it's just like after like we might talk, talk a little bit, I won't a- ever actively plan something and then just ghost somebody. Right. It'll just be like, they, they'll just know. And I still think that that's kind of problematic because I'm like, oh, they just know that like the energy is really not there. Right. I'm not as active as I was before the date, after the date. Right, right, right. But it's still, like, I think that it would have been nice to be just kind of transparent. Like, hey, Dave was cool. I think you were a cool person. You are a cute girl. All of this. But, like, eh, I don't know if we're the most compatible. I think that, like, just because it will always be awkward the later you take, like, time to do that. Right, right. Because you always, you have to, you have to have that conversation. Or there's just kind of, like, lingering things there. Because it's, like, the people I've been ghosted by, like, we just never had another conversation after. And, like. That's kind of weird. Like, right. how can we be talking, like, so for some weeks, 
a month or so, and then you just like not respond. Right. Like that's weird, and it's just like, yeah, I guess I got the hint, of course, but like that's not how you're really supposed to do people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, and and it can be weird because I used to be like, well. If it's if it was like one day, then like you don't really owe all that. Yeah. But like I remember my, my last situation was like it was one day, but we were in the middle of planning our next one, and the person seemed excited about it, yeah. right? So it was just like, oh, See, that's misleading. Right, right. And so I I think that I love that word like oh it's not we're not compatible. Yeah. Because like, that's you, okay. Yeah, and you want to have words that can sort of like soften the blow, but like still get your point across, right? Absolutely. I didn't feel the sparks. I didn't feel the connection. I don't I don't want to waste your time because yeah. you are super dope you know yeah. what i'm saying because i don't know i i lead with affirmations and stuff like i took a coaching class they talked about like it's a sandwich it's like affirmation maybe critique affirmation and it's just like yeah no you're lovely this was amazing but like i just don't know if we're compatible and like if it was one specific thing it's just like hey like yeah I, maybe that rubbed me the wrong way or like i just don't i just wasn't feeling it, it, it i think it's completely okay to be like i wasn't feeling it right like Things don't have to be bad for it not to work out. It, it like it being that's, that's, oh, it not preach, being like brother. a mate like because people are looking for something that like is gonna change their life. So if it didn't give me that quality, if I wasn't really excited, because I've been on some I've been on some dates that was cool, like really some cool things, but I'm like you not her, <laughs> like Ooh. that's really what it, you not her. So then Ooh. I don't need I in my head I'm just like like if I'm thinking about like oh what's so and so doing like. Then it's different, yeah, yeah. That's how I know. So it's just like this date was cool, but like maybe I'm not feeling you, or maybe I'm just feeling somebody else. And I think that that's okay too. Yeah. And I think when you're transparent, then people don't feel like you're leading them on. Right. It's like when you're ducking and dodging, and it's like, oh shit, you just wanted a free meal out of me. Then I can I can see how that people get to that point when you're being weird about it. Right. So. Yeah. Yes. I I think that you know just moving forward, we encourage people to to be very proactive in thinking about how they date, how they want to sort of cut someone off or let someone go, and how they want someone to do that for them and, like, being honest and upfront about that, right? Absolutely. And not, and not, not letting the awkwardness, awkwardness, or awkwardness sort of control you yeah. and control how you move and let, allow you to hurt people because, oh, and also, also, let, let me also just say this because I woke up and I was just, I was heated about the situation. <laughs> And I was like, nah, man, like we 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 had plan plans and like you just disappeared. And and I, and I think that sometimes if you feel like someone has like ghosted you and you know it for sure, I in some cases this might not be the best idea, but in some cases it might be good to let them know how you feel and let them know, like, hey, like I, I know for me as a man, I to express that a woman ha has hurt your feelings. To, and this is going back to things that we that we were talking about at the top of the show, mm -hmm. where it's like black men, y'all, we we got to know, and men in general, we have to know how to say, hey, look, this hurt my feelings, like you left me confused, angry, anxious, yeah. and like when you're I, not soft for that neither. Right, right. Like, bro, you have feelings. You drinking or you gonna take a few shots after or you punching a wall? That's the deal. You feeling? feeling. You just you just expressing it in a different way. Like you have feelings, you can't hide them. Right, right, and it's just like that person. That person actually did answer me um, when I let them know how they made me feel, and and they said, "Hey, I admire you for doing that." Because it's transparent and that's vulnerable. Right, 
and, it's real. And they admitted, hey, like, I, I could have been more mature about this, and I just straight up ghosted you. And we had such a productive conversation about it afterwards. And so I think sometimes it is worth, worth it to let someone know, hey, like, you did hurt my feelings. You did, and you did, you know, make me feel a certain type of way. Maybe you never get a response, but, yeah. like, you got it off your chest. Yeah. Right? And you don't yeah, have Because it's more for you than for them. Right, right. And, and you just, and you let them know, like, Yo, don't do this to someone in the future. And you know what? Like, I don't, I don't, I hope you don't go through this because even though I'm, I'm frustrated about it, like, it's a hurtful feeling. Yeah. So, so it's good. That's funny because I've held grudges and shit too. Right, like, right. Because the thing is, right. like, the, the people that I've been ghosted by, like, that I was really feeling and shit was going well and they got back with their exes out of nowhere, it was like I, I found out because I seen it on Instagram. Right. And it's like, oh, that's crazy, crazy. bro. Like, you didn't even have the decency to tell me. So I'm just like, fuck you, nigga. Like, you, yeah. you're really a terrible-ass person. Like, and I just held that grudge until I, like, let it go. But, like, I never let them know that. And it's just like, it, it would have been, I think, a healthy conversation just to let them know. Because then it's just like, yeah, maybe you don't care or maybe, um, like, you, you'll at least consider it for the next time. Like, but... It's important for you. To, it was important. It would have been important for me to get it off my chest because I held it. Like one, I held for like a cool like year and a half. All right. And I then I seen the girl later, and we were actually friends and stuff before too. So when I mm. seen her, she was cool because I was like, oh, you're a cool ass person. And like that was a year and a half ago, so I'm not as I'm not mad no more. But like before that, I was like, fuck her. Like, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And I and I do think that like letting letting some. Oh, I, oh, I had some. So like. Letting someone know it, it is it is this very much so a a uh, a freeing experience. Mm -hmm. You because you you really do you really are able to oh oh that's that's what I was gonna say. So like desperation, I think that sometimes we don't want to let someone know that because we feel like we look desperate or thirsty or needy. Yeah, if I let oh, you, that's a bar. You know what I'm saying? Because like even with that with that one girl, I was like. Oh well, we like we didn't we didn't go on like a thousand dates, so like she don't think I'm pressed or I'm needy or I'm whatever, and it's, yeah. and it's like nah, it was the principle. Yeah. And if I'm hurt because I feel like you betrayed a principle, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to say that. Yeah, it's okay to feel. Right, right. It doesn't make you desperate or needy. It's just about the way in which you're communicating. Yeah. Now, if I'm stalking you or threatening you yeah. or violence or something, that's different, right? Absolutely. But but if it's just like, no, nah, I wish you would have said this so I would I could have known for sure how to move about my life. Mm -hmm. That's or not about my day. Right, like, exactly. I've planned out time. There's a block in my schedule. And the thing is, you're going to hold that block just in case they hit you back. That's all. And then, that's preach, when, then your preach. feelings really be hurt because you like, well, they maybe they just hit me like an hour before, right. but I still got this block because like, I would still want to see them and then they never do it. And then I, the block goes behind you like, man, damn. Right, right. It's it's really, really, it's really, really tough because, yeah, like you, you, you hold on for hope <laughs> for so long and it's like you really got someone out here. If you're, if you're ghosting people, you really got them out here like reaching for hope. Yeah. And like, yeah. and, it's, and it's just like, why would you take them out of their misery? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, before we wrap this up, after this experience, do you know how you would want to go about it? How you would want to go about it? How somebody would want to go about it for you? Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> look, look, I'm, see, and here's the thing, y'all. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm sort of ain't shit, too, because, you know, <laughs> I, I probably still have a few people in my life that I have to have that conversation with myself, right? So it's Currently. a learning process. So there, you know, my y'all, my life is Excalibur's life is complicated, right? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to retire from the streets. I really, I'm trying to be like T. Shaw, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that there are some people in my life that you know I have to have, 
a more transparent conversation about that with. And so I'm thinking about terms like compatibility, terms like sparks, and like using those things. And I love the sandwich me method you, you said. So like affirmation, the critique, and then the affirmation. Mm -hmm. I think now I would love for a woman to be like, oh, like you're, you're, and I, I would love the sandwich method or just saying, hey, thanks, thanks for the offer. Um, uh, but no thanks. Uh, you know, I wish you the best. Take care. Little things like that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I don't feel the sparks or, or whatever. So I think that casual approach of like, oh, I appreciate that so much. Um, but, but no, I, I think I'll pass. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just something just little. Something. Something. Yeah, man. Like so. a no. <laughs> yeah. Even if it just was a no with a heart, I'd be like, that's kind of petty. But like, <laughs> at least you know, I don't have to sit here and hope. Right, right. I see, I see you around. I wish you the best. Yeah. Like, cause, cause me, me and that, me and the other girl, we, I was just like, yo, let let your next dude know that, like, you know, you he hit the jackpot, and she was like, you gonna make a great catch for some woman. I'm like, and it's like, I know this, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And you and you, you know, know you that. bad, yeah. right? So it's yeah. like it's good, cause it, like I said before, it's not a desperation thing, cause it's like you can go out and get any any like you know man or woman or whatever that you want, but like. It's it's the principle of like, oh, right now in this moment in time in the universe, I was interested in making time for you. So yeah. let me know so that I can do everything else with any other woman I, I want to talk to. So Yeah, and if it just don't work out between us, that's okay. Like, maybe we don't belong together like a Mariah Carey song, and that's okay. Like, that's okay. Maybe it was the timing, maybe it was you, maybe it was me, but like, that's okay. Right. But like, let me know that. Yes. I'm going to let you know that, and that's okay. Yes, it wasn't, I think it was Aaliyah that said, let me know. Mm -hmm. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was that was a great conversation. So um, what what we're gonna what we're gonna do too is you know um, be honest and, and transparent about giving our credit um, um, to folks who who need it. Um, and that is our spotlight where we shine a light on someone in the community, usually right here in Los Angeles. Um, and T. Shaw, what there's something that has happened in L.A., especially in the great world of sports, that hasn't happened in a whole decade. Do you want to tell the people more about oh, that? Oh, yeah. The Lakers going to the finals. Let's go. Shout out to L.A. Shout out to the Lakers. Shout out to my man, Bron. Hey. He did it for the team. It's been a, it's been a whole decade. Yeah, man. The last person to take them there was Kobe. Oh, man. Um, so I think that's important really to point out. Um, yeah, man, I remember 2010. I was in 10th grade. Bruh. They beat the Celtics. Bruh. Yeah, it was a series. So it could be Lakers-Celtics again. A yeah. decade later, that would be that would be it, crazy. It, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be Lakers-Heat. Lakers-Heat? It's going to be Lakers-Heat. The Celtics are not coming back from that. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> Jimmy Butler has been roasting everybody on the East Coast. You right. Like, Jimmy Buckets, that's my man. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be great. What, I, and, and I want to give a special shout-out to, Le, to LeBron because of his mental fortitude. Absolutely. So remember, you know, Nine straight years going to the finals. You lose six out of those nine because mm -hmm. you're facing crazy, souped-up teams like the Warriors. Um, dynasties, the dynasties, Spurs. Right. And then the Warriors, when they added KD. Bro, it's like you came back down from 3-1 right. to beat their ass and bring Cleveland a ship that we've been waiting on for so long. long right. So long. Man, that will forever live in my heart. Right. But then they go get the next best player in the league. To come beat you. So not only they had how y'all have 
three of the top 15 players and two of the top five. How you have number two and three on the same team right. to beat number one? That's how you know you that nigga. Right, exactly. And, and the, I, I think with LeBron, like, not only did all that happen, but then he got injured for the first time. Like, his first year in Man. L.A. gets injured. Man. And then. Some people talking about he washed. Right, right. Gets injured, then misses the playoffs for the first time. Man, but since but, Cleveland, since his second season, I think. Right. Then then on and then right here in the Staples Center, right beside you, you got Kawhi coming. He's winning championships in Toronto. Mm. He's 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 he, a he beats you at the Spurs that one year, so people think that he's like the LeBron killer. Right, right. They think the people like uh, they didn't even get a Lakers a shot. Right. They thought LeBron was washing and the AD could uh handle it. They thought the Clippers were gonna win for show. Like that they was the team in LA. They might be at a battle of L.A. And I think they're like, I got to shout out Bron because he's at an at a age and at a year and a career that people have never seen before. He's right. doing things that he has never done before. Right. He averaged over 10 assists in a game. So it shows you how he's, his game is evolving. And I think that that's important because that's what longevity looks like. Right. You can't keep doing the same things, and he's still leading the team, and it's beautiful. Right, exactly. I I remember uh, Kawhi was allegedly telling people, like, tell LeBron to not be scared to guard me. He had a commercial with Reebok where he had the uh, The king crown, crown, and, like, it was insinuating that I'm the new king of L.A., step back, LeBron. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he chose not to go and be with LeBron in the Lakers. He wanted to go at him and be in the Clippers because he felt like him and Paul George could handle him and A.D., so I, that's I, a lie, right? And and the media and the media was pushing this narrative like LeBron is so washed, da 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 da. Kawhi, the uh, best player in the league, right? Giannis, right? Uh, you know, and for, and Giannis nor nor or Kawhi are even at the spot where they can compete with LeBron this year, literally, because mm-hmm. they didn't make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. And for LeBron to like have all of that in his mental and still take a team from where they were to the finals, especially because the Lakers hadn't been that great yep. since, since Kobe, right? So, Man, they had some rough years. And, and he made a promise to everybody. He said, this is not like our last time going to the playoffs. And people were like, nah, LeBron, you got to do better than that. You got to bring us a ring. And, like, he's one step away. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I think that's just a great lesson in mental fortitude. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Absolutely. not letting the, the odds keep you down or beat you down. Because, like, how can you go through all of that and still feel like, oh, I'm still the king. Mm-hmm. I can still do this. I can still push my teammates to be better. And At 35 it. or 36, God. like, that's what Mamba mentality looks like. Right. It's not just a person. That's It's just a mentality, right? Um, and it's infectious. He looked up to Kobe, and, I, and he's doing what Kobe has, like, trailblazed for him. Right, right. So, yeah, shout out to Brian. You four wins away, bro, to solidify that GOAT status. I don't know, people still not going to give it to you, but you're doing things that ain't never been done before. Right. It's a man from the land. I appreciate you. That's it. And and just also, I know we talked about his, his record being like three and, three and six, but I also want to point out that, like, he beat all of those. He's beaten every team that's beaten him at least once. So, mm-hmm. like, he beat the Spurs. He got a championship against him. He beat OKC, who never saw him again. Mm-hmm. And he's beaten the Warriors when they had the best record in the NBA. Yep. So, like, his wins, it's, it's sometimes it's about the quality of them. Absolutely. And not, and not just the quantity. So, Absolutely. like, we got to give him. And he's taking some teams that, like, shouldn't have never been there. Like, at all. Like, bro, like, the Cavs in 07, bro, like. With Booby Gibson and Sasha Pavlovich, y'all don't know who those are. Like I'm from Cleveland, like I, they bums. If you got on 2K and download the team right now, they're 72. How you bringing a, a a roster full of bums to the highest level of your sport? Like 
makes no sense. Because you make your team better, and that's what a leader really does. That's it. So, that's yeah, it. shout out to Bron Bron and the Lakers. That's our spotlight for the day. Um, you did it for L.A. And, like, I, I can feel it in the air right now, Miss Magic. That's it. So, y'all keep that mental fortitude because as we've talked about from the top of the show, people need it, whether it's in admitting to their wrongdoings and insecurities, whether it's thinking about new ways to challenge and disrupt and dismantle the system of mm -hmm. oppression um, legally and otherwise, um, and, and illegally, shoot, because the legal system isn't working, yeah. um, or, or just, you know, thinking about how they, they communicate with people and how they like to be communicated with. Mental fortitude is a big part here. Um, so with that being said, T. Shaw, take us out, brother. Yeah, I got you. So I'm going to add something new because the future is black. Okay. We like to keep our coffee black, and we like our women like we like our coffee black. black. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never get old, y'all. Yes, We yes. love it. We yes. love it. We love y'all. Keep tapping in on our IG Live. We're going to be on YouTube soon. Yes. We on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. We everywhere. We going worldwide. We going global. And tell them where they can follow us on IG. We on IG at Brewing Black Podcast. Let's go. We on Twitter, Brewing Black Podcast. So keep it, keep tuned. Peace. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all soon. <laughs>